residing deep within Happy Valley in central Pennsylvania. Here is your host, Michael Lanik. and welcome back to another episode of the Hungry for Hannibal podcast. I'm Sarah, your co-host, and with me is, of course, your host, Michael. Hi, everybody. We're back again. Can't wait. This is going to be fun delving back into another episode of Hannibal. Yes, this is round two for us, as we had technical difficulties yesterday, and it resulted in our hour-and-a-half podcast not recording. Yeah, so... Uh, in order to kind of get this out to you really, really quickly, we're going to kind of jump into this really quick and, and get it recorded. Uh, I'm going to get this into post-production once we're done and try to get this online by 9.30. <laughs> so, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. So uh, without further ado, I guess let's just jump right into uh, the recap and review. All, All right. right. All right. So this episode is called Dolce, and it's directed by Vincenzo Natali. And the opening scene is we have our battered Hannibal walking across the bridge that Jack had spread Bella's ashes from, limping back home to Bedelia. Hi, cat. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make noise, don't you? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anyways, Hannibal gets back to Bedelia, and this time he's in the copper tub, and she's stitching him back together. And as she cuts the thread to heal him up, we cut the rope from which Ronaldo is hanging from, and we get a scene of them cutting him down, and Will and Jack there. Yeah, I like the transition, uh, how they did that, with the cutting Hannibal's... uh the threads and it transforming right into cutting down the rope. Yes. It was, just, it was a nice little stylist touch, which, you know, I mean, it, it's easy to take that stuff for granted. Yeah. Uh, on shows, on a show like this, because we see it all the time. But then you go and you watch another show and you're kind of let down sometimes because you're like, man, if they could be just a little more creative, they could do what Hannibal does. <laughs> and it's a bit unfair for us to do that, I, I realize, but it's just, you see, so it's such, just even just the transitions, the way they do it on the show, um, it's just, it's really great stuff, and we should really appreciate it, you know? Yeah, this is the top of the bar that everyone strives to meet, and just, it's never going to be beaten. Hannibal's perfect. <laughs> well, well, okay. The only way it's going to be, the only way it's going to come close or matched is, uh, since Brian Fuller's doing American Gods, expect, I think, uh, a very similar style. <laughs> yeah. If Brian Fuller's involved, can't help it. It's going to be good. Yeah. All right. So, um, so what do we do going from here? What happens next? Well, we go inside to Will and Jack, and they're talking, um, Will's talking to Jack about, why didn't you finish Hannibal off? And Jack says, maybe I needed you to, which is a little, seems like just an easy way out. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday, actually, in the podcast, that it didn't actually make it, and we we talked a little bit how this is one of the few times in this show I could count on um, both hands combined. Almost three full seasons, 
the amount of times in, in which I felt that maybe Hannibal took a little bit of uh, easy way out plot-wise, um, or, or, you know, just kind of made a, a, a decision, character-related decision, which just didn't really, really jibe, right? Yeah. And this is one of them where I, it's like you hear Jack say, well, maybe I wanted you to finish him off. Maybe I needed you to do it. And it's like, okay, that, that's feeling a little too philosophical. It's feeling a little too easy. Uh, it's just, kind of, you know, nobody's nobody facing Hannibal in that moment, even subconsciously, would think, well, you know what, I don't really... <laughs> think I want to kill him because I, I you know what maybe I'll kind of give him a little bit of an out and if he doesn't die it's because I want Will to really be the killer here yeah I, you look too pissed off to that to be real you've, you've just thrown Hannibal through like eight panes of glass <laughs> you've 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 jammed this uh, big you know fork hook. thing right through hook thing right through his leg you know, the guy's probably got some internal bleeding. Um, he's probably going to be pissing blood for a couple of days. <laughs> and yet, despite all that, not going to finish him off. No, you're not that. You're not. You're not that mad. You know, it's, not it mad to any, kill him. No, it doesn't. No. So, I mean, granted, I'm with a show this good. I'm willing to give passes. But, but look, we we love this show, and we extol its virtues and how great it is, and 98, 99% of the time, it lives up to all of that. But we are a podcast, but we have to be objective. We're fans, but we have to call it as we see it. And if the show kind of messes up a little bit or does something kind of a bit wonky, you know, hey, we, we got to mention it, you know? We have to do that, and we have to be fair. Yeah, you got to call it bullshit. Yeah, so... It, go slight bullshit in this in this moment but uh you know it happens rare so let's move on and uh get into more good stuff yeah we forgive them yeah it's okay and we transition in back to handball and he's recovering and he's out on the balcony sketching the architecture of florence and bedelia talks to him about that she's leaving or he's leaving her and I like that she also reveals that she knew Hannibal intended on eating her all along. And then we get that really awkward, scary kiss. Yeah, uh, more creepiness. Um, I, I don't really know how she's <laughs> keeping it together. Uh, which actually, we, you know what? I'll talk, we'll talk a little bit, bit about why I actually do think she's keeping it together and, <laughs> and, uh, shortly. But, um, yeah, it, for someone that seemed um, ready to almost kill herself early in the season just to get out of whatever, you know, hell she was living through, she seems to be acclimating herself quite well uh, all of a sudden. Yeah. And, you know, like her and Hannibal slept together. <laughs> and it seems at least like she's chosen. Now, maybe she felt like she had to and didn't have a choice and she'd be dead. But... Hannibal's never seemed like a person who would kill you because you said no. Yeah. In bed. So that's just that's not his style. No, I mean he's he's a man, even if he is a killer and a cannibal. 
So, I mean, he's going to do it, and that's fine, but he's not going to, you know, kill you over saying no to that because it just doesn't register for him. So, yeah, it seems more like she's like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> that part of him is all gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> it seems yeah. Like. It seems like one of the few parts. Could you really. not sit on my notes, Kim? <laughs> says, no, you have to pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah, I just got home and now she's pissy. <laughs> I'm cat's sorry. My cat's the same way. <laughs> Gotta pay attention Ow. to her. <laughs> Go on. Two inches over is your mat. Like, But no, she has to sit on my notes. <laughs> she's Wait, taking my mouse hostage. <laughs> yes, on this podcast, we, you get to see our... Uh, lives, uh, and especially when it comes to our cats. Yeah, so my cat, cats. my cat, honestly, as weirdly as it sounds, if I'm in this room, she's usually on my lap, uh, purring. At this moment, for whatever reason, she's actually behind me, sleeping in her little carrier, um, and surprise, she's still there. So I'm just going to be happy about <laughs> that, and Hopefully it continues till we're done. <laughs> my cat's not a lap cat. She loves my mouse pad. She loves sitting on it. And if I try and move her, I get bitten. <laughs> no, that's the way cats are. <laughs> yeah, she just likes to sit and watch and make sure I know she's in control. <laughs> they are. They are. They. They roll, and and you know it. <laughs> yep. Attitude. Attitude. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. Without any more interruptions, Kat. We go and we see Mason and Cordell. And he's cooking up pigtails. Poor piggies. (laughs) Yes. And discussing discussing ways on how to cook Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. We get the really grotesque, disturbing image of Hannibal's head glazed and roasting in an oven. Which creeped me out more than I think anything this season. That includes the stag heart thing. <laughs> yeah, which itself was pretty disgusting. Yeah, that yeah. wigged me out, but this took the cake. <laughs> it, it was disturbing to see that, you know. I mean, they, they made it look so realistic, and clearly they, they worked really hard to achieve what really appears like Lecter cooked and glazed and, you know, obviously dead and, and, you know, Mason, you know, ready to eat him. Yeah, fantasizing about being able to stand and devour him. Yeah, so it it was a disgusting scene, um, but it just gives you a better look into the pathos of uh, Mason version. Yeah. So. (laughs) That man. Yeah. Very bad man. Oh, yeah. He takes the cake. (laughs) Sometimes Hannibal sitting next to him doesn't seem so bad. Sometimes. (laughs) I'd take Hannibal over Mason. Uh, Yeah. His his, uh, psychopathy is pretty terrifying. (laughs) Sure is. (laughs) Uh, After that, we see... Margot and Alana, Mason and Cordell, watching the Italian television, and they're watching Ronaldo, seeing that they've lost their way to Hannibal. And Margot says, oh, we better buy another cop. And Alana, keeping her interest, 
you know, close says, we better buy the whole department. Well, it's not her money. So she doesn't care. <laughs> and Mason certainly doesn't seem to care either. I don't know how much money he has, but obviously it's the kind of money in which he probably could, I don't know how much it's going to cost, a million dollars to buy, you know, that department. But for him, it's probably like you or me, like pulling a dime out of our, like, purse or, or wallet or something. You know, yep. it's like it doesn't even register. It's like pocket change or something you find on the cushions of your yeah. couch. Just throw it at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, it, it's but you know, Alana, she said last week, hey, he's gonna be dead, and yeah. you know, she was right. Yeah, she called it. <laughs> we yeah. all knew it. <laughs> yeah, we, she knew it. We knew it. I think everybody knew it. They were just hoping they might be wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, poor Ronaldo. Didn't deserve it, but he should have backed off. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. You have a new wife. Why don't you stay home and enjoy being married? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There's much better things you can do with your time. Yeah, and he's certainly not enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what's the, what do we got next in our in our episode here? Uh, we're back to Vigilia after Hannibal's left, and she's shooting up an unknown substance to it. Unknown substance. Yeah, it it's uh, it's Lecter's uh, serum, his special cocktail. Or, yeah, that he has, and you know, initially, I didn't see it as that. I I didn't know exactly what it was. I didn't. I thought, man, okay, maybe she's had like a drug problem for like. Ever and we're just now seeing it. <laughs> I wasn't really sure at the, at the mo in the moment. I didn't know, but then it became apparent. And she, she takes this sedative cocktail and she kind of lays back. And then all of a sudden, it's like you think maybe she's nodded off for a few minutes because suddenly there's a knock on the door. She kind of comes out of her trance or whatever she was in, and in comes Chio. And she's got a gun. <laughs> and Sniper looks, rifle. <laughs> yeah, she looks like she's ready to rock. And they size each other up. It's like two, it's like two uh, female lions. And there's one male. And they're just like, you can see their nostrils flare. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's just different to see two people fighting over Hannibal. Um, they don't really fight, but it's like they're sizing each other up. They know just by looking at each other just for a second that really they're equals. Yeah. Bedelia's like, I'm Hannibal's psychiatrist. And she was like, well, I'm family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm closer. And yes, I've known him longer. <laughs> yeah, I win. <laughs> yeah. That's the exact feeling you get in that scene. Yeah, so they, it, it's one of those scenes though, I, I said it yesterday, say it again, uh, uh, Gillian Anderson is just, uh, phenomenal, and she's done maybe her best work in the series to date, uh, in this episode, and that's saying something. We've seen her, just her involvement in the series anytime in the last almost three seasons that she's been on screen, she, has elevated the show, and that's impressive in and of itself. But then to say, despite that great 
you know, acting that she's done on the show already to pick this out, this episode, and say, this should be sent to people for awards consideration. Yes. I mean, that, that, that just tells you how how good she is in this, in this episode. Yeah, she's phenomenal. I mean, even watching back in season one when you see her and she's just Hannibal's psychiatrist, I remember thinking that that was just amazing in and of itself, and she continues to take it up a notch every single time we see her. And this was just her best work yet. Yeah, we got to see, well, we got to see her, we got to see her maneuvering for herself in this, in this episode. It wasn't reacting to something that Hannibal had done. It was, I've been coming up with a plan for a while, and this is part one. This is like stage one of, of me getting out of here and surviving this, whatever I'm going through, this, this hell, this, traumatizing, awful experience that she never should have done, and yeah, this is what she had to do and she's doing it, and it's just great to see her being proactive. Yeah. It's really great. I can't complain about her acting whatsoever. No, no. No, definitely. Definitely not. And after Chio visits her, Will and Jack visit her. Yeah, they, um, they come in and they, um, they're not fooled one bit. No, even Will says, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, against, for most other people, they would believe it because they wouldn't have any reason to believe otherwise. But they, they know her well enough. Yeah. And they can see the situation she's in. They can see what she's doing. And they're not mad. You know, they're, they're like, I think Jack says, I'm not mad. I'm actually impressed. Yeah. They're impressed that she isn't dead. And that she's managed to keep herself alive this long is really, and it is an achievement in and of itself. Oh, absolutely. To so, survive Hannibal that long and to come out on the other side alive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an impressive feat. And I would, I would shake her hand too. I'd say bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I need to, if I, if I had a medal, I would give it to you. So. Not even mad whatsoever. <laughs> no. Uh, then we go back to the very creepy scene with Margot and Mason discussing children. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of creepy scenes on this show. Uh, certainly ones involving Mason, who in and of, in and of itself is an exceptionally creepy person. Um, just by standing in a room by himself, staring at a wall, he would be creepy. Um <laughs> So for him to to be even creepier <laughs> tells you that um, he's really taking it up a notch. And so when you're sitting there and you're talking about Margot taking your your man seed <sighs> and <laughs> and using it to create a child uh, with the Verger name and the Verger bloodline, pure bloodline, by the way. Um, it's like, so you want your child to not only be inbred, but also grow up and be so traumatized by the two of you that they will either kill themselves or be put into an asylum? Yeah. So it's, it's just a disgusting, it's just a disgusting scene because they're talking. Thank God, at least they're not talking about actually having sex together. Yeah, thank God that, that's out of the question. Yeah, I mean, good thing, but 
it's just, you know what, we don't need that. It's still awful. Yeah, I remember in the books, I think, in the books, it would have been an option for Margot, but I think our Margot in this world, she still hates Mason completely, and she puts on the act of damaged sister that wants your approval once again. But she's got her own plans. I think she means to take him down really quickly after she gets what she, or what Alana gets what she wants and what Margot gets what she wants. Which is Alana, well, at least partially, it Maybe. seems. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so the next the next scene we get into, is that the Margot and Alana scene? Uh, no. Or is that... It's the Will uh, and Haddle scene. Okay, that's right. So the next scene we get into is um, the one that we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will walks in, and Hannibal is sitting there sketching um, Botticelli, yeah. as he usually seems to do. And, uh, you know, he's standing behind Hannibal. Hannibal pauses, and he knows, of course, that it's, it's Will. He, well, he probably smelled him the moment he walked in, in there. And, and um, cologne. In his cologne, and he goes and sits down next to Hannibal, and they have—I could only term it as the most romantic scene that I've seen on TV this season. It yeah, really among is. any show that I've seen, it, it really is. Um, you know, they, they, it's like two people saying, "I know our time is ending. I will never forget you." Uh, that's basically what I got, and you know, um, like what he said. Um, what Hannibal says, he says, if I, if I saw you every day forever, Will, I would remember this time. Yeah. And he says, before you and after you. You know, and, you know, Will talks about how they're starting to blur into one another. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he wonders aloud whether they would both survive the, you know, separation. the separation, the, the, the surgery that it would you know, pull them apart. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a scene of exceptional subtlety in its own way. I mean, they know they come out and really say say what they mean, but it's it's they say words, but it's how they say it and their body language. Yeah, you know, and it's it, you know, and it and it's you know, it's not about like okay, you know, Will and Hannibal are going to. You know, go sleep together. It, it's it's not necessarily even that, to be honest with you. It's more like two people that have found that they can actually be around each other and be themselves, and how rare that can be in life. It's, and yeah, it, it's beyond just intimacy. Yeah, it, it's just two people that see each other as equals. Yes, and and they're not just equals in that I feel you're an equal. Or more like, I feel I'm your equal, but they can objectively look at the other person and feel the same. Yeah. And that is not easy to do. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's actually pretty rare. It's a lot more rare than people think. If you can look at another person and honestly look within yourself and not feel like you're better or less than them. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a profound demonstration of love. Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an exceptional scene. Yeah. So So what happens next? Uh, You take it from here. What's the next scene? The next scene is them. They're leaving the Bicelli painting and going outside. And we have Chio sitting up 
top of a building with a sniper rifle aimed on them both. And um, we see Will draw a knife out of his pocket, and so she shoots him right in the shoulder where Clarice got shot. Nice little touch. And then it goes blank. And after that, we go right into Margot and Alana. Yes, yes. And uh, this scene is, you know, it's um, it falls in line with a lot of the other scenes we've seen on the show that involves intimacy. Obviously, we're on a network television, so it's not like um, we're seeing, you know, Margot and a lot of, you know, naked and engaging in some pretty, you know, graphic, you know, lovemaking. Uh, which is what you'll see, you know, on Game of Thrones and various other, uh, you know, cable uh, shows. So, you know, they can't do that. So what we get is a lot of fading transition shots where, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're, make, they're lovemaking, so they'll be arching, you know, their back, faces into the camera, ecstasy of all that, and... You know, but the thing is, it's actually the way they do it, I feel is it honestly more erotic than what you would get if they showed a lot. It really is. Yes. Because they show their faces and it's mostly the faces that you're seeing. So, and that's really what matters. It's not a naked body. It's, it's what their faces are invoking. Yeah. And when he's, the actors are so great that they, completely make you believe for every second that that's what they're feeling. Yeah, I mean, in all reality, with the exception of maybe one or two shots, they're probably by themselves. I don't, you know, it's not like I don't, I don't feel like either actress is probably sitting there with the other one. It, it, it may very well not be. And that they are so good and so professional that they're able to do a great job and make you really believe that the, you know, they're with, their characters, the other characters. So it's 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 really good job and and we you know after they're done and they had this scene where they're getting dressed and everything and they talk to one another again. It kind of is a lot like Cannibal and Will, where they talk to one another and they're being honest yeah. about their intentions, about what they want, and they're not trying to at least at least well at least at this point I don't feel like one of the other is trying to one-up the other. Uh, it could very well happen, but at least in this moment, I didn't feel that. I felt it was two people who were actually on the same page uh, in a variety of ways, and they're fine with it. Yeah. And I really like the um, the question <laughs> um, Margo poses to Alana, any experiencing harvesting sperm? And Alana's face is just like, who do you plan on using that on? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I get from her. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, if I was Alana, I'd feel a little confused because why would you need to harvest sperm? Aren't we, you know, together <laughs> kind of? Like, maybe? Kind of, whatever? I'm on board with Killing Mason, but what uh, else do you got in plans for? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I guess we'll find out what happens there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Alana will have a baby. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so we got yeah. So we get finished with that scene, and I believe the next scene is Hannibal and Will. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? 
Yeah. And so why don't you take this and, and let us know what goes on in this scene. Uh, Hannibal's got Will somewhere safe, and he's removing the bullet from Will's collarbone area. And Hannibal puts the knife back into Will's hand and says, You've dropped your forgiveness, Will. You forgive like God does. And I liked that line. That it, that was an excellent line. Yeah. It ties in really nicely. <laughs> it's like, fuck. <laughs> they, they do a good job of tying in stuff like that. Stuff from, you know, things they've done in the, in the past episodes. Yeah. Um, they have a way of folding in similar things into the show to kind of invoke what they've done already. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a great scene. You can just see Will is just like, I was so close. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't catch a break. <laughs> it took all the might I had to even come to that point to attempt to do it and then to have it foiled. It, heartbreaking. Yeah. Poor Will. And, Again, screwed yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Will. Uh, pull a gun out. Be a man. <laughs> Why'd you do it out in the... Out in public, like... Like, why could you do it as they were, you were exiting the the, the uh, museum? Wow. Yeah, no kidding. What's wrong with you? Um, Alright, so he's, like, like, stitching Will up. He's kind of attending to his wounds and everything. And then I believe we get a, a scene of... Uh, Hannibal, isn't it Hannibal feeding Will the uh, soup? Is that correct? Yeah, he's eating the soup that Will doesn't like very much. <laughs> yes, it's uh, like like thyme and parsley, and parsley, and you know, of course, he's pumping Will full of this delicious uh, herbs and broth so that he can cook them and eat them. Yeah, so he can uh, marinate better. So yeah, kind of you know, really disgusting. <laughs> um, and so. Will doesn't want it, but he's also kind of drugged up, and he's kind of eating it, but doesn't want it at the same time. Um, and then we jump to Jack, right, coming in into the building. Yeah, in the elevator. We yeah. get the awkward elevator ride up with Chio, and um, they both exit out on the seventh floor. And Chio has known Hannibal long enough and is smart enough to know that if Hannibal has company, she better call on him later. Yeah, yeah, she knows better than to be involved in whatever's <laughs> going on here. So she makes her exit and quickly quickly gets the fuck out of there. Yep, I'm not going to be for dinner. Yes, definitely not. Um, so, so Jack enters... And I was, you know, I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed. Um, after being the one last week to be the hunter, uh, hunting Hannibal for once, I was really disappointed in the way Jack kind of just went in there. And I know you know, the lights are all off, so obviously Hannibal could be anywhere. But I just, I don't know, I just, I didn't feel like he was careful enough. He really just walked into the spider's web. Yeah, he really just walked in, saw Will, essentially ran over to him, and by that point it was too late. Hannibal was under the table. Well, Will told him that, but at that moment, Hannibal slices his Achilles tendon. Yes. Awful. 
which is awful. I mean, that's if you've never experienced it, which most people haven't, and I haven't, but I've been I've been told that it is one of the most excruciating pains you can suffer. Yeah, I had pulled mine when I was younger, like in middle school. pulled Pulled it during like um, uh, track and field, and it it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, not like, pleasant. I just tugged like I just hurt it a little bit, and it was hell. <laughs> yeah, imagine having it cut. <laughs> it's a far it's a far different level of pain. Yeah, he's so, not gonna be walking. No. So, he does that, and then all of a sudden, Will and Jack are sitting at this table. <laughs> it, you know, they kind of come to, they're both tied to the chairs, and Hannibal, you know, is talking to them. He finally got them where he wanted them. And what does he do? He pulls out a table saw. <laughs> bone saw. Oh, I'm sorry, bone saw. Table saw be a little eccentric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that would be bad, huh? So, yeah, he pulls out this table saw, and, or bone saw, and it just, I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I'm and, pulling on my hair watching this. And he walks over, turns it on calmly, and starts to slice into Will's head. Yeah, as Jack is he, screaming no. You're seeing blood fly, you're seeing the camera lens, uh, you're thinking, are you kidding me? And then all of a sudden, it cuts to black and then boom Hannibal and Will are hanging upside down <laughs> and Mason Berger and you're like what the hell what happened yep. you almost feel like they accidentally cut something out of the episode yeah it's what I thought for a while I'm like but they included like that sky shot scene where they had the um airplane Bedelia and Hannibal were on but it was just the shot of the sky so I'm like are we going somewhere? And sure enough, open its freezer full of Hannibal and Will and Pigs. <laughs> yeah, and so obviously, you know, it's a time jump, and I'm guessing we'll find out this week what happened, um, how how Will is not dead. Um, <laughs> His head wound. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly what went down there. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so so there it is. Mason's there, and we're like, okay, this is crazy. And then it, that's it, and it cuts to black, and the episode's over. Yeah, credits. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no! <laughs> so, anyway, this episode, I thought, was exceptional. Yes. Um, if I had to rate this episode, I'd give it a 9, 9.5 out of 10. I, I thought there were there was very little in this episode that I didn't like, um, with the exception of maybe one or two scenes, or maybe more like one scene and a character decision. Yeah, uh, I thought it was really stupid. But other than that, this there was nothing in this episode that I didn't like, and it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal paced show. It really was. Yeah, it was great. Um, I think I give it a ten out of ten. I liked it just as much as. The last episode with the Jack and Hannibal fight, I feel like it's getting so intense. We know it's the next episode is the end of this first half, and it's just the intensity is so real. It's totally ramped up. I can't wait to see what they do. I have so many questions I need answered. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, this is one of those this is one of those episodes that really is getting to us to the very end, and we know it's going to be absolutely crazy pandemonium um, in the next episode. So figuring out how that's going to work out is going to be fun to speculate, but we're not exactly sure. But regardless, it's just going to be one hell of a ride. That's all I can that's all I can say. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any uh, predictions on how you think the next episode's going to go down? Uh, boy, I think what's going to happen is I think Hannibal's going to escape. <laughs> really? And, yeah, I think he's going to get out somehow, and I think he is going to get Will out somehow. And I think that, well, he's going to kill quite a few people. I think he's also going to bring down Cordell. Yeah. In fact, um, I don't know whether Mason's going to be killed or not. Probably. That's Hopefully. my guess. And, but I think in doing so, I think maybe Jack will somehow get there in time or something. Yeah, I actually also, don't know what happened to Jack. And I also think that Alana will be killed too. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why. Or no, actually, you know She's what? She's gonna no. have Marco's baby. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Let me retract that because I know I don't think so. I, I there's a reason, and I'll, I'll mention that here in a little bit. But um, I do think that a lot of people are gonna die, including Mason. And but I think in doing so, if that, instead of just getting out of there, he'll go on a killing spree, and <laughs> that's gonna allow Jack or the FBI or whoever to get there just in time to, in order to bring Hannibal down. Mm-hmm. And and the end of the episode next week, or this kind of, this week, is going to be, um, the last scene is going to be Hannibal standing in front of his cell. Uh, maybe, I was going to say maybe Will standing there, but you know what, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be Chilton. Oh, yes. I think That'd Chilton's going to stand there with this smug look mm-hmm. on his face, this smirk, Looking at looking at Hannibal, and then I think the last thing we'll see is him turning and walking up the corridor, and it's going to go black, and that's going to be the end of the arc for this season. That would piss Hannibal off so much. Oh yeah, definitely. You know it. Great to see. (laughs) So yeah, Uh, what about you? Do you have any predictions? I kind of feel like Alana is going to try because. Since Hannibal and Will are in this mess together, I'm pretty sure she doesn't want Will to get hurt. So if she tries and saves Will, she might let Hannibal go in the run of getting him out of there. Um, I definitely want to know the storyline of Hannibal and Misha still. I still want to see that. And I want to see Margot ending Mason the way it should be, the way it was in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I want to see. I have no idea how it's actually going to go down. That's I, I love that I don't really have a clue how they're going to go about this, but yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. But this was a great episode, everybody. I uh, loved it. And uh, another strong one. Uh, you know, early season it was, I think, slow. It was obviously done on purpose, but I know that there are people out there that 
were after like by the time we hit like the end of episode three, I think people were there were some fans that were a little annoyed. I think they wanted answers a little quicker. Um, but I think they wanted to stretch out the storyline until mid season. And they probably felt that the only way they could honestly do that was by stretching out the um, the fates of all of the the main characters that uh, were at the end of you know last season's finale. So I mean I could see why they did it. I really didn't have a problem with it, but I know for some people it was you know not quite as scintillating as as before and. But since, like, say, I think episode four, in fact, from episode four through the sixth episode, so basically the last three episodes, it's been getting just, it's the answers have been coming quickly, and the pace has been ramped up uh, dramatically. Oh, yes. That's going to be a kick-ass ending, for sure. Yes, it will, definitely. So, all right, uh, we're going to jump right into uh, the... Uh, feedback portion of our podcast. We do have uh, an email, and it's from uh, our frequent, uh, I guess, uh, what would you call <laughs> Yeah. Flyer emailer. Frequent flyer emailer, uh, <laughs> you know, Stephen Schinder, um, who has uh, sent in an email, I think, every episode for like the last four weeks maybe which we love uh five weeks so it's yeah it's great thank you uh steven for taking the, your time to write these emails because we can see you put a lot of time and effort into them so we want to put the time and effort into talking about uh what you have to say so i'm going to start reading and we will uh talk about your points so here we go um, while rereading parts of the Hannibal novel, I realized that Jack throwing his wedding ring in Conturno is referenced to Ardelia Map throwing the ring sent to her by Clarice Starling in the Shenandoah River. The ring in the novel has emerald, and I think Jack's might as well. All right, I'm going to stop there, and uh, what did you think of that little point he's made there? I didn't think of it at all. Like I didn't remember about Ardelia, but yeah, I... I went back and flipped through the book, and Clary sends her, uh, is it a ring, or is it just an emerald piece from one of her earrings, I think it was, that Hannibal yeah. had given her, and Ardelia debates about throwing it into the lake she's standing by, but decides not to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great pickup there, uh, Stephen. It's, um, obviously you know your Hannibal stop, yeah. so, you know, you can pick up on a, on a detail from the books like that that uh, is closely mirrored on the show. And, uh, you know, we, th- we certainly thank you for picking up on something that we maybe don't remember or completely missed. So, you know, don't feel like you never, you know, that you shouldn't be sending in stuff like that because it just, you know, is something that we can talk about and appreciate, you know, um, having that in our show because there are people out there that may not realize just how deep, uh, the connection with the books really is. Yes. Um, he goes catch. on to say, I really thought that uh, Dolce would end with a shot of Hannibal opening up Will's head and seeing his brain, mm-hmm. at the top of his skull being reattached somehow in the next episode. In the novel, Hannibal and Clarice eat Paul uh, Krenler's brain. In season two, I thought that Hannibal would eat Kate Purnell's brain since her name is nearly an anagram of Paul Krenler. Mm-hmm. And here I thought we, we would just see 
Will's brain since he is pretty much invincible um, due to the upcoming Red Dragon story arc. However, I worry about Jack. I wonder whether or not Hannibal obeyed his command to stop and ate Jack's brain instead, or maybe Jack got a heart attack since all of this was too much for him and he dies from a heart attack in the novel. In any case, the love of the episode did not end exactly how I expected. Um, me too. I didn't expect it to end this way, and that's never a bad thing. Um, as for you know, eating Will's brain, I didn't even expect him to be cutting into it. So no. <laughs> um, I'm glad he didn't, personally. Um, I think it would have been shocking, and that's certainly not a bad thing to be shocking on a show, uh, surprising people. But um, I'm glad that it appears like whatever he just started to do must have only a moment or two later when it went the black been somehow incapacitated I'm guessing so um, yeah and then uh, Cade Purnell uh, I, I mentioned last night that I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more of her character because uh, such a fine actress plays her but uh, you made a good point when we were talking about this uh, yesterday that it's fine because even very minor characters being played by excellent actors and actresses. And that's a good thing because it just shows you how many really good actors and actresses out there want to be on the show. Yeah. Like Richard Armitage and Zachary Quinto. Um, uh, Eddie Izzard. That's the name yes. I'm looking for. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. So it's certainly good stuff. Um, so I find it interesting that when Mason imagined himself walking over to the table holding on to Hannibal's cooked body, uh, he still imagined himself with, a dorm- himself with a deformed face. Admittedly, they cannot show his undamaged face because they did not have Michael Pitt. Uh, he, he says, but how would a, com- a cameo from him at, at that moment have been? Uh, you know, they could have done that, but, you know, I think he's busy right now uh, shooting. Uh, six some, things. Some, yeah, so... They could, probably couldn't have done it even if they wanted to. Yeah. So, but anyway, he says, that also whether he on some level has got that his face is the way it is. Then again, it was a dream, and people usually do not have much control of their dreams. I've wanted, been wanting to see a flashback of Molson Berger filling his son Mason's face, as mentioned in the novel, and then seeing a dissolved Mason's face as it is now. I thought that would be something that Brian Fuller would try, want to try showing, and I really hope that we see it in the next episode. Uh, again, you know, I think unless we're seeing um, a much, much younger Mason, which would allow them to find another actor, uh, I just don't see that happening. Um, unless they can get Michael Pitt uh, to come in for some, you know, for a day of shooting. Again, I just don't see that happening. I think it'd be cool. Um, it'd be a good moment for fans, but mm-hmm. I just don't see that it's a very plausible scene at this point. And I also think, Mason, while that this was done to him without his control, I think he likes, partly likes his scars, that he can see the fear in people's eyes when they look at him, and that gives him some gratification. Yeah, I mean, look, before this, he was a pretty good-looking guy, you know. Um, To pass for normal before he opens his mouth. Yes, exactly. Um, this just reinforces, his face now just reinforces uh, the ugliness inside. Yes. Um, so, and he certainly has no problem with that. No, no, no shying away from that. Yeah. 
Um, he goes on to say, in Digestivo, I believe that Hannibal will at least lose a finger to Mason. In the Silence of the Lambs, he actually has six digits on his left hand, which is strange because this is not mentioned in Red Dragon. By the time of Hannibal, he has removed the extra finger in order to conceal his identity. I kept hoping that we would see the extra digit in some form, perhaps even in a flashback to Hannibal's past. Once, I even tried tweeting to Brian Fuller about it and added, give Hannibal the finger, <laughs> hashtag, give Hannibal the finger. I never got a response. That we may never see the extra digit, I feel that Hannibal could lose a finger in an homage to him removing one by the time of Hannibal. Uh, yeah, I completely forgot about the other finger. Um, and that's a cool thing, but again... I think they have so much they need to do. I, I, think, I think you're going to see a lot of extraneous stuff uh, being cut away. And since they failed to really incorporate that in any way earlier in the series, I just don't see them really doing that now. Yeah, I think if they do go the route of taking one of Hannibal's fingers, it would be just like a nice touch to one of Mason's dinners, as they've already like alluded to having some finger food. But other than that, I don't think they'd go for it because we do need Mads and as Hannibal in the future, and having to CJ out that finger from now on would be difficult. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, he goes on to say, I do believe that Cordell and Mason will die how they do in the novel. It's pretty much a certainty that Margot will kill Mason. But I wonder whether Alana may help her by killing Cordell. Throughout the series, Alana has seemed... Uh, like somewhat of a substitute for other characters. Sure, she is taking some of the role of Alana or of Alan Bloom from Red Dragon, but in the beginning, she almost seemed like a Molly Foster Graham substitute, being worried about Will getting into getting too close. Then, somewhat of a Clary Starling substitute, getting seduced by Hannibal and set on working with Mason to catch catch him. And then a Judy substitute now that she is with Margot. What's funny is that it makes me think of author Judy Bloom. So, and he, and he laughs about that. Oh, that's good. Um, so, he goes, uh, cheers, and, uh, of course, uh, sign off as Stephen Schindler. So, uh, th- yeah, thanks for this fantastic uh, email, Stephen. It's uh, got some fantastic points in, in addressing your last one there. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think, obviously, Cordell and Mason will die. Um, I do think, obviously, Margot will kill Mason. And you could be right. Um, Alana may kill Cordell. And that, which would be a giant step for her in a different direction. Uh, we've seen her much darker this season. She wants revenge. She's, um, she's seriously pissed off. But is she going to be capable of murder? If, uh, Cordell is bearing down on, uh, Margot, I think she will do everything she can to protect her. So yes, that is certainly a possibility. Mm-hmm. I think Valan's going to kill anybody though. It would be Hannibal, of course, but. If she has to protect herself or Will or Margot, she'll do what she has to. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so that is our feedback. And so we have, uh, i say about five, six minutes left. So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk very quickly about Comic-Con in lieu of the standard um, uh, final word segment that we usually do which for anybody who might be listening to this for the first time, usually for uh, the final word segment, I, I generally pick a topic. It, it, it's A lot of times it's going to have something to do with Hannibal, but at other times it could be about TV shows in general. It could be really about anything. It allows me to kind of tackle any subject I want for about five minutes, 
and maybe just give you something else you can you can write in about if it interests you. Yeah. So, but it, we're not doing that this week. We're going to talk really quickly about what we saw at Comic Con. Oh, and super quickly before we give like a spoiler warning or anything. Yes. Uh, Hungry for Hannibal now has a fan page. Um, we for so far what has been up is a like a you can be a, a friend Hungry for Hannibal, and I know some people are a little timid about you know us being able to see like your profile or whatever. And so we've made a fan page. It's just titled Hungry for Hannibal Podcast. If you just search for it, it'll come up. You can like it and you can see everything we're talking about. I've posted a couple things up already. So yeah, go check it out and leave us a comment. We'll read them and respond to you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, uh, the email for the podcast is hungryforhannibal at gmail.com. Yes. Um, if you write in to the podcast in, in any form, uh, whether it's a positive or a negative, if it, maybe you dislike me as a host. I mean, it's possible, certainly, and maybe uh, you have some critical things you want to say. Uh, look, if you write into the podcast or you put in a, a voicemail, it will be on this show, yes. positive or negative. Uh, this... This podcast operates on the assumption that you guys are the most important thing, okay? Um, I've been doing this for, what, this is my second year, and I, when I started this podcast, it was with the intention of interacting with the fans. So you certainly don't have to write in. You don't have to send in a voicemail. Of course, please do listen to the podcast. <laughs> And have a great time. And if that's all you want to do, that is certainly no problem with that. But if you do feel like you want to write in, if you have something you want to say, whether it's one line or whether it's, it's you know, uh, a novel, just, you know, send us in the feedback. It will be on this, uh, the next podcast, and we will do the very best we can to address whatever your email or voicemail happens to be about. If you want to send in a voicemail, just record uh, an MP3, uh, attach it to the email, and send it in to me, and it will be on the show. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's that's what we're here for. We're here to um, hopefully give you guys a complete experience. Um, you get to watch the show, and hopefully you listen to us, and we have something that's, that maybe interests you and maybe makes you think uh, a point or two different from what maybe you thought uh, before you listened to the podcast. Yes. So, all right. Um, yes, yeah, so a spoiler warning uh, for anybody that uh, doesn't want to know anything about what's coming up in the next half of the season. Um, we're telling you right now, this spoiler warning, we'll be talking about stuff. We saw a trailer, a five-minute trailer for the second portion of the season, and we wanted to talk a little bit about it because we saw some really great things. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to know anything... Uh, Stop the podcast right now and uh, listen to it at the end of the season or something. So, um, so just do that now, and we'll take a brief pause and let you do that, and then we're going to jump right in. Okay. So on to what we saw. We saw this trailer, and it had Red Dragon... All over it. Of course, we knew it was coming. Um, it was the theory that was kind of 
well, it was all but given the yes, this is how it's going to go uh, stamp by everybody involved. Um, the first half of the season would involve capturing Hannibal, and the second half would be the Red Dragon uh, adaptation of the Red Dragon book. And it was just a phenomenal trailer. It really, it really was, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of trailers. This one takes the cake of excitement level for me. Yeah, I've, I've, I, this is probably among my favorite trailers that I've ever seen too. And to get um, one so long too, they give you so much. They do, but I don't think it's that they're giving us too much. I think yeah. they put just enough in there. Yes. So some of the things that we saw in the trailer, we got to see Francis Dollar Hyde prior to getting the uh, the tattoos. We got to see him uh, looking at the teeth that he was going to be uh, getting. Yes, not his grandmother's. No, and it was interesting the way they did it, but it was it was still exceptionally creepy. Oh yeah, especially and when you have that guy in the scene in the background with his mouth like pried open. Yeah, that was, was like ugh. yeah. Uh, and we also got to see Will Graham, didn't we? Yeah, um, and we see him going to have that classic scene with Hannibal about needing to get um, his feelings back for going after a killer, getting yeah. the energy back. Yeah, um, it, it, it's three years later. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be there's going to be a time jump, and so yeah, we're going to jump ahead three years, and in that time, Will will have gotten married. Mm-hmm. To Molly. And to Molly. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But we do see Will uh, comes comes face to face with Hannibal. And you can probably imagine this is the first time he's seen Hannibal probably since since he went in there. Yeah. At least I would, I would think so. So it's going to be a, an amazing scene to behold when we see that. Yeah, I have to say, Hannibal has the nicest prison cell I've ever seen. It's nicer and bigger than my own apartment. <laughs> it, it, you know what? Yeah, we, we, we talked about this yesterday. It, it's like it's like a five-star hotel. Yeah, what the hell? In compared, in the compared, like, you see, usually you see, like, this dingy cell. It's got, like, cockroaches everywhere, and it's, you know. Instead, he's, you know, got a daybed, maybe, and he's got... A phone. You know, a phone and what is it? Maybe a, he probably has an iPad to play on or something. I don't know. It looks like lots but of books. Lots of books. It, it's like, wow, okay, what do I need to do to get this set up? Because apparently um, he lives better than I do. So I do I have to do I have to go and kill somebody? Do I have to try to eat them? I mean, yeah, that I'll go to for that. Yeah, if it gets me that place, um, sure, I'll take it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, but it was just um, an amazing thing to see. We got to see uh, when he gets the tattoos and he stretches his body. Yeah. And it was uh, wonderful to see. I think that he looks amazing in this role. Yeah. Um, it's just something that I'm... I don't know. I, I, I've got, I, I can't wait. I don't know. I can't, there's nothing else I can say about it. All I can say is just, it's fantastic. I know. know? It looks perfect. We can't wait to see more of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all I can say is that I think the second half of the season is going to be unbelievable. (laughs) Phenomenal. Yes. 
Yes. So get ready, guys, because I think we are going to be in one, for one hell of a ride. Yes. Hell yes. So, all right, guys. Uh, so I'm going to try and get this uh, podcast out <laughs> and um, get it out to you so you can listen to it uh, leading up to uh, the next episode. Um, obviously, one more episode down, and it's just getting better and better. Oh, so, yeah. And so. hopefully next episode we'll probably record on Saturday and get it out by Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I rec- we record on Saturday. I try to have it out Saturday night. If I can't get it out Saturday night, I try to get it out Sunday. Yeah. So it's it's within a few days of the episode airing. You're gonna have a podcast episode to listen to. This situation is a little crazy, you know, um, but it happens. And on top of that, uh, the weekend was kind of crazy because there was a lot of stuff going on on my end. So it was just try, also trying to find the, the time to get it recorded, too. It was a little more difficult than usual. So that also kind of, you know, took that into account as well. So Especially having to record twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, everyone out there, it's uh, been a good time, as always. And uh, get ready for more Hunger for Hannibal podcasts soon. I'm going to be Hunger for Hannibal. And... I know Sarah will. Always. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Bye, Fanables. Bye.